Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 409 of the MailRite Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about Zillow's recent acquisition of Follow Boss, uh, John's company, my company, Ylopo, and, and just about every other major company that's out there that does um, real estate development usually recommends Follow Boss uh, to their customers. It is a CRM that plugs in very well with many, many other products. So... Uh, we're going to discuss the pros and the cons of them getting bought out by Follow Boss. John and I both independently and together on this show have railed against uh, Zillow. Uh, they're definitely a competitor to most real estate agents, no doubt about it. And uh, they're moving in the direction of becoming big competitors. And um, we're going to discuss it. Before we do, though, John, uh, why don't you uh, let everybody know what the lively English bloke who's going to have a lot to say on this subject, uh, who, who he is and uh, what his history is and uh, how they might uh, look look you up, should they be inclined to at the end of the show? Yeah, well, thanks for that, Rob. I, I think we're going to discuss, like you say, follow up, boss, and we also might, in the second half, discuss a bit about the NAR court case, have some thoughts about that as well. Um I'm the joint founder of mail-right.com. Um, we're a digital agency, but we're a platform as well. We use the power of Facebook to get leads for you, and then we have a platform that sends email, text messages, and does a load more. If that sounds interesting, book a demo. I normally take the demos, have a chat with me, go over to mail-right.com. Over to you, Robert. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for those uh, small handful of you that are living under a rock and don't know what it is that we're talking about, uh, on November 1st, 2023, Zillow Group bought Follow-Up Boss for $400 million in cash and another $100 million in, um, in uh, um, cash earnout. I don't know exactly what that is, but that's what they called it. So one of $400 million, uh, initial cash. And then 100 million of potential cash uh, earnout. That is spread amongst Follow Up Boss's 100 full time employees, all of whom are slated to join the Zillow Group once the acquisition closes, including the co founders, Dan Corporal and Tom Markov. Um, so now um, that is an interesting. thing um and one of the things that that zillow did do is that they put a blog up um talking about why they decided to acquire follow-up boss the reason that they're going to state on their their blog the first thing that they said the very first bullet point is that follow-up boss is going to remain an independent brand and to continue to serve its entire existing client base across the industry, regardless of whether those clients engage with other Zillow Group platforms. Zillow Group will continue to support third-party CRM integrations on the Zillow Premier Agent app, giving you the option to work with your CRM of choice and avoid duplicate data entry. They also plan to support its vast ecosystem of third-party integration partners, enabling you to use your preferred system seamlessly and security and customer data privacy are a top priority for both Zillow Group and Follow Boss, both companies have robust processes to ensure customer data. Now, here's the thing. They addressed their top 
three objections that would come from people acquiring the platform. They did not address their overall. They just said that they want to be experts, leader in ex like excellence. That's really what they're basically saying, which is complete and utter non-speak. They are not telling you why they spent half a billion dollars on what undoubtedly is the real estate industry's top number one independent CRM system. Um, there's could be a thousand different reasons. Uh, and John, I'm going to give you a shot to say, say your piece in terms of the reasoning behind the acquisition. Here is my multi-tiered belief. First of all, Zillow, who is owned by the same people that consolidated, bought up and changed the travel industry is being, being run by the same group. They, are, they really want to consolidate the real estate buying process. And I think that Zillow has come to the very uh, like sad and unhealthy conclusion that the best real estate professionals in the industry almost always operate as independents. And those independent agents who are operating uh, outside the traditional real estate brokerage system, outside Coldwell Banker, outside Compass, outside the big groups, they're all using a very significant set of tools, but one of the main ones that you could rely upon would be follow boss. So this is a way to get themselves in front of and try to develop a relationship with the real estate group that is probably most important to their future plans of expansion. If they do something incredibly egregious to follow boss, regardless of how painful it is, most of those users are going to use leave them. I strongly believe that Zillow knows that. So I don't think that they're going to, I'm hoping that they don't have the bad sense that Elon Musk did to buy this group and then create her out their user base by doing something egregious. Whether or not that, that is going to be true remains to be seen because they bought it lock, stock, and barrel. Um, I'm sure that Dan and Tom would have something to say about it, but they wouldn't be able to do anything about it should Zillow decide to do something egregious. Now, I have a few other ideas that are a little bit more out in left field about why they made this acquisition. Um, but uh, before I, I dive into those, I want to give my partner a chance to start weighing in on why he thinks the Zillow Group and what his feelings are about the Zillow Group buying follow-up us are. Thanks, Rob. I thought your summary there was excellent. Um, I, do you want the good news or do you want the bad news first? I want the bad news first, man. Well, in my opinion, um, if you want to give all your data to an uh, organization that has a track record of shafting real estate agents, good and proper, as we would say in North London, just go ahead and keep using Forup, boss. In my opinion, you can't uh, believe a word of what Zillow says. They're totally untrustworthy. They've got a track record of shafting their partners from the behind as much as they can. Um, um, if you get, you know, if you decide to keep utilizing follow up boss, good luck to you. Um, you're doing a, a deal with the devil, basically. Um, end of story, far as I'm concerned. Um, but you just have to make your own choices. But uh, if I was agent, the last thing I would want to do is share my data with Zillow. Um, it's not going to happen. 
um, why they did it. Well, I think that's the good news because I think you, um, and it's linked to what's happened with the NAR. Um, I think if you're the type of agent that regularly listens to this podcast, I think you've got a good future ahead of you. I think if you're the type of agent that Redfin wants to hire normally, I think your future's quite limited. Um, but I think that's been on the cards for quite a while. But if you're the type of agent that wants to educate themselves and listens to you, Rob, and myself on a regular basis and other podcasts, I think you've got a good future because I think you were spot on. Um, I think Zillow tried to be, get into the wholesaling side of the industry that they had the sense to get out of it earlier than some of the other players. I don't think their appetite to get back into that is ever going to come back quick, but who knows. Um, and what's been proven with Redfin's business model that hasn't worked out for Redfin, they've had to um, attract better agents by going to the, the more traditional commission setup rather than paid employees. Um, I think it's a sign that Zillow realises good agents aren't going to disappear anytime soon. Fair enough. All right, so here's my here's my longer, more detailed answer for those of you who are listening to this podcast. Now, if you are not currently using Zillow for lead generation, none of this impacts you. But Zillow for a very long time, has been looking for an end-to-end -end lead management process. And what they've been doing is they've been experimenting inside of Zillow with things like uh, follow-up teams and things like that that call a lead and then hand the lead off to you, so on and so forth. But data, data and the, the transference of data has become a Zillow obsession, as it should be. Because if you're a marketing company and you cannot see what people are doing with your with your product, which is the leads that you generate, the relationship that you generate on your platform, and then you hand that relationship off to somebody else and you don't get to see what happens, you have no idea how the customer is being treated past the point of your platform. Now, I've read through uh, not only all of the announcements that were made, I've read through the ancillary like you go down the the rabbit hole of following these threads. And there is something to be said. They are, Zillow is definitely indicating for that they want to have a view of their data pipeline. They're saying it between, between the sentences. They want to know how often people are being called, how many emails are being sent. And the only way that they could, they're ever going to get there is to have an integration. Now, this could mean that they intend to access follow-up boss accounts that use them currently and are using follow-up boss, or it could mean that they get everybody to sign a release who's using the follow-up boss system and basically creates a whole section of, of uh, follow-up boss that is dedicated to managing that lead flow. And you're going to get a different release and a different set of rules than those people who have been managing a lot of data not using Zillow. Um, and if I was running the company, 
that would be the only way that I could see to get it. Now, is this conspiracy theory of them wanting to control your data, is that valid? Maybe. It could be. With all the lawsuits happening inside the real estate industry, I would, and Zillow already being a part of those, I'm not thinking that they want to add another one to the list. So I doubt that they're going to egregiously steal anybody's data, John. I really don't think so. Well, Dan, obviously, we're going to have to disagree. Um, you're, you're utilizing the word still. Um, I would imagine that the agreements, if you looked at the agreement that you signed up with Follow Up Boss, you've, you, they have full control and access to the data. And by, um, I'm only presuming this, I might be totally incorrect, but I'm just going by the normal practice um, that Zillow buying up follow up boss, um, they have total control and access to the data. Um, so they're not stealing it, they already own it. And you signed it when you signed up with follow up boss and um, read, which nobody does because they're unreadable, they're legal elements of the contract that you, when you signed up with follow up boss. And like I say, I am just presuming this. I might be totally wrong. Um, they're not stealing it. They already got full control. And um, yeah, you know, um, well, it will, so you're an independent agent. And let's say um, Zillow didn't buy it. Let's say Redfin bought it. What would you say if Redfin had bought it and they had said, oh, we're a direct competitor to you, but we're giving you every reassurance that we're keeping all the data in follow-up boss separate. We're not going to look at it. We're not going to look at your leads, your contacts. You can trust us. We're giving you these public. You would be off your trolley if you believed one word from Glenn Kelman. Can't stand the geezer, never have. He's, done, he's not done me any personal harm, but I can't stand him. Uh, um, and, I, and I can't stand Redfin. It was a failed business model from the day it was ever set up. Um, it would be like believing him. If you want to do that, good luck to you. Um, I'm, I'm, don't think I will. I think I'll take a pass on that. That's, that's my position, Rob. Um, you have to get, there are two or three pages and I, I'm trying to read them in real time and realizing how complicated follow-up bosses made this. So I'm probably going to have to do a separate review because there's actually five different, six different pages that have to do with customer data and what you sign when you go on to follow-up boss. And they're, they're doing this thing where they're sending you down little independent rabbit holes so you can get a clear and total look of, um, uh, like retention of customer data after account is terminated or you otherwise stop using service, follow-up boss may retain customer data, including in-customer data as long as required to comply with applicable laws and our policies. Provided such termination was not due to your breach of these terms, you may contact follow-up boss support within 30 days. So there's always TOCs that involve like CRMs that basically give CRMs the right to deal with your data. Generally speaking, they don't do anything with it. But now things like abandoned accounts, people that lapse payment, who knows what the Yulia's could be changed to and updated to in order to 
be a part of Zillow. It's entirely possible that through a very long series of circumstances that somebody who had an account could end up having their information end up in Zillow's hands legally. Not yeah, but, but you can see where you can see where I'm coming with. You are correct. It, it, I use Redfin as an example. You are correct. It's not as bad as if Redfin, a direct competitors of most independent real estate agents. But you can see also, hopefully, where I'm coming from, Rob. I do. I do. So, which is going to lead me to this, uh, like, a middle, we're going to go to break, and we're going we're gonna to discuss the other subject up on our agenda today. But, but before we do, I'm going to end with a recommendation. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, this whole purchase by Zillow does give me pause. I wish it didn't. I love Follow Boss as a product. It's killing me that we now have this big fight of problem with what is hands down the best CRM in the real estate world. No doubt about it. And there's no good competitors. Like there's no good options. Nobody's created a sales force that's very good without lots of adoption. Nobody's created a HubSpot version that's great without a lot of alteration. Uh, nobody's built their own CRM except for follow boss. That's independent of everybody that I know of, at least, uh, MailRite has its own CRM system, whether or not they provide ownership. That's another question, whether they provide complete control. You have to talk to John and I, I do highly recommend for anybody that has concerns. The CRM conversation is much better had with the guy who's built one. Okay. And that's John. That is not me. I've not built a CRM. I've stayed out of that part of the web development world. John and his team have not. They've dived into it. So if anybody is interested in having a longer dialogue about that, one of my first recommendations would be to contact John um, at whatever way he tells you at some point during the show. Thank you for that, Rob. But it is difficult because look at um, Oh, my mind's gone blank, Rob. Surprise, surprise. The, um, oh, the other one. You remember we had the guest, um, oh, what's their name? Um, that um, wouldn't allow you to export your data out of it. Um, a lot of you don't. No, well, that's true as well, isn't it? It, it? it doesn't only apply to these conversations, apply to a lot of them, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so it's a difficult conversation, isn't it? Yeah. So um, it is. It is a very difficult conversation when it comes to customer record, like customer data. And if it was me, I would not be making any sudden moves. So if you have a follow-up boss account, please don't use this as a knee-jerk to make big, big dramatic moves with your data pool. It is very unlikely that even if the worst-case scenario was to happen, that we're going to be dealing with that worst case any sooner than 12 months. It takes a long time to make big changes in, in data environments. Oh, uh, I totally agree with you. You're, you're totally correct. I don't think you need listen to Rob. You don't. I don't think short or medium term, short six months, medium eighteen months. You don't. But long term, I I just I just have no confidence in the management. You know, people say all sorts of things. It's not what they say; it's what they do that matters. And just look at Zillow. Just look at how they treat people, how their attitude. I would not want to share my lead generative data with these clowns. Right. 
I'm on the fence, guys. I think it's going to be individual. I've talked to many people that have gotten great relationships with Zillow going, and seem to feel that they're profitable, and others that don't. And my position on profitable agreements with marketing companies who have their hands deep in your pockets are publicized everywhere. But in case you haven't seen any of that content, I'm a proponent for owning your strategies, owning your marketing, owning your informational brand, owning your website, owning your data stream, keeping control of all of it. And if you, it's extra work. I'm 100% upfront. Every channel I've ever been, conversations with John, it absolutely is extra work. Companies like Inbound REM will help you with it. We'll tell you what to do, but it's extra work, extra lifting. But what's the payout? Dear God, 40, 50 times to one, you get to sell everything when you're done with it, which, which is much harder for you to do when you're using a whole bunch of other people's tools. I'm not saying that you can't, but nobody gives you extra money for a website you don't own, whereas they absolutely do as part of the purchase price of a business. When you wrap everything up, you own the website. That is a whole extra profit stream that those people have to pay you for. A lot of people close down the real estate businesses and don't get anything. Just hand off a book of business and walk away like they were a salesperson. Whereas if you own a website and you create a data stream and then you control your data, you can sell it for millions sometimes, which means that you're getting a payout that you wouldn't normally get, which by the way, would probably triple, quadruple your ROI at the end of your career. So, but it is harder. This is a conversation about control ultimately. And I'm going to side with John every day of the week and twice on Sunday. It's going to be, you need to figure out a way to stay in control. I'm just going to say there's absolutely no reason for my or anybody others, any Lopos or anybody's clients to make any changes yet. There's probably going to be an industry reaction to this that's going to include people coming up with lots of options. That's probably, we're probably not going to see that for six to 12 months. So if it was me, I'd adopt a wait and see attitude about my data, understanding full well that now a conversation that may not have been up for discussion is up for discussion, which is, let's see what our options are. John, uh, just to, to any final thoughts you have, I want to hear them, but also if you could just tag on to everything I said with a way to get in touch with you in the middle of the show so to kind of cleanly so they don't have to search all over the place in case it's yeah, just go just go to mel hyphen right com. i think it's time for us to go for our break rob well passed ladies and gentlemen we'll be right back thank you for tuning into the mail right show today we hope you're enjoying the conversation it's painful for all of us but sometimes this is where we get the the greatest learning and certainly the greatest reward for turning into uh, two odd ducks like us we'll be right back do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back to episode 409 of the MailRite Show. First half of the show, we discussed follow up bosses acquisition uh, by Zillow, and it was uh, by far and away the main topic. It's a big, huge one that impacts all of our customers for the most part, John and I's. Um, certainly mine, maybe not John's. Um, is the next thing that we're going to refresh my memory, what are we talking with the second subject? We're going to talk about this law case, this. Oh, mine is the NIL. Um, 
So there has recently been a lawsuit that was lost in Missouri. Uh, NAR lost the lawsuit. and Basically, the state of Missouri was suing NAR, saying that the Buyerside Commission was monopo- like a monopoly, like that, that it was an unfair uh, fee to people selling properties, that people are unlawfully locked into a buyer-side contract, um, that the 3% that's being asked for on the buyer-side, in addition to the seller's 3%, which is not, which it's been that way since the 1940s inside real estate, but it was not there at inception. Buyer-side commission is actually newer in the last 40, 50 years. So uh, my grandmother, when she sold her property in West Hills, her first one, she put a sign on the yard. And within a few days, somebody came by and said they wanted to buy the property. And she did all the paperwork herself. And then she sold the property. That was it. Um, it's obviously no, no longer that way. You have 500 p- pages. So uh, before I jump into it, John, did you do any, did you look this case up? Did you, did you do a little bit of uh, diving well, I sent you all the links. I did a bit of a dive. Um, I've got such mixed feelings about it, Rob. In some ways, I think it's much about nothing. In other ways, I think it's a real wake-up call. I think if you offer real, like I say, if you offer real expertise, real value, do all the things that you've talked about, about knowing your local area, knowing about property, being a true professional, offering real value, I think you're going to be fine. I think the model that Glenn and Redfin kind of pushed and what a lot of the national um, chains have pushed to some extent. Um, Also, this part-time this hiring a relative hiring a friend you know talk about the quickest way to lose a friend or quickest way of to lose a relative though have them try and sell you a home uh um what a what a barley idea that is but the whole industry it's a bit cliche but the whole industry needs a bit of a cleansing and needs to get more professional and let's hope that this might be the catalyst for that to happen to some extent because it, it needs to happen. But um, but in other ways, but I also think it depends state by state. You know, some of the allegations, you know, this, um, you, you've got to be a member of the NAR to have access to key boxes, to other things, blah, 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 is pushing it a bit. I think it's been a bit of a dicey, you know, the history of the NAR has not been great for the past few years, has it? You know, mistake yeah. after mistake, isn't it? Yes, which is which is a poor reflection on the real estate industry and and this as we you and I have each discussed so annual compensation to real estate professionals professionals is a hundred billion dollars with a B that puts it in line with every other major industry that's out there medical legal like we make as much as almost everybody else and yet we are not required 
to go to school or have licenses in every single case. Um, and NAR has, for a very long time, wielded a very big stick, dictating to everybody wh what's going to be done. Now, here's what I think the core of the dissatisfaction is. The plaintiffs, the people way down the chain that are not big companies, they're just people, had the same complaint. They felt like they were obligated to pay a total of 6 to 7%. And in most cases, people think that those that range of price for what they received in terms of service was wildly out of line with the service they received. And that is the problem that's facing the real estate industry. That core issue where somebody lists and buys, like if I was to list and buy and sell the home that I'm in right now, I would end up paying a total of about 50 to 60K. Uh, I'm sorry. There's going to have to be a lot more than 30 days worth of work and posting a few signs and running a few appointments for me to feel like you've earned fifty or $60,000. That is a year's worth of wage of the average worker in Southern it's, California. It's bonkers, isn't it? It's totally bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. Our real estate agents have convinced themselves that running around in a car and driving around doing all the things that they legitimately do is worth 50 or 60K. And I, I understand that point of view, um, but I don't, I don't think it connects into reality. You take your, my grandmother who lived in the same home for 50 years, bought it for 55,000, sold it for a million, you know, you're taking, and, and it seems like you're not asking for a lot. They posted a sign, they put it on the MLS. They met with about three different couples. They fielded two separate offers and they spent about uh, four or five weeks doing the work for which between the buyers and sellers agents, they got $60,000 or maybe more, maybe 65, 70,000. I'm sorry. Does that really, was that really worth 65 or 70,000? We had good representatives. I mean, I mean, I stepped in and, and talked to my parents and made sure that it seemed like everything was above board, but 60 to $70,000 worth of good. I mean, nobody came and washed the cars. Nobody re worked on the house. Nobody did any, anything extra other than some paperwork. I think that that is the core issue facing real estate agents is how do you justify your wages wherever you work? And a lot of agents, a lot of people that John and I talk to and know, I, I dealt with my fair share of agents that have held a license for five or 10 years and never sold more than one to three properties per year. I mean, one to sorry, three. I'm sorry, um, I wouldn't sell my property through agent that only sold one or two homes a, a year. I'm sorry. I, I want somebody that's got a track record, knows what they're doing, um, can, you know, who's the expert. I, but obviously other people got a different attitude. And, you know, I suppose if the other person was, if I thought it was a really easy market and the other person was offering me a great deal, and, you know, I might consider it, but um, probably not. But uh, obviously other people got a very different attitude, definitely, Rob. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, and so the case was only lost in the state of Missouri. And they are currently faced with paying $1.8 billion commissions and that those commissions are getting paid back to the homeowners. That's where the money is going. It's back to the homeowners. So, um, there's a lot of people in the real estate industry in general who are truly fe fearful. Here is my let's bulletproof your business moment. 
there's three ways that I see to bulletproof your business. First and foremost, uh, it's always, John says this in a different way. I'm going to say this in the way of, if you're the kind of agent like people I talk about on my website, Brett Wallace, Jordan Shalasi, Shalisi, you're, you do not have to worry. And, and it's very unlikely your commission is going to be impacted all that much. And why do I say that? Because these agents have 250 five-star reviews. Talk about accessibility. They earn their $500,000 to $1 million a year. I mean, I'm sure of it. And their customers would agree. Nobody's going to complain against them. There are other agents where that's very much not true. Maybe 30 or 40% of the operating agents out there who aren't getting five-star reviews, who aren't treating their job like a profession that needs to be worked on day and night, who don't understand if they are going to make three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000, that they are making far more than the average human being makes in this country. That is a massive career and, and you should treat it as such. Go back to school, get licenses, understand every question, understand your competitors, you know, understand every element of the industry that you live in, exist in, make sure that you have a digital presence that helps your clients, whatever that might look like. I don't know. I have my version, but everybody has a version of what, what is helpful to the people that they serve. All those things are going to help bulletproof your business. The most important thing, though, is going to be looking at hyperlocal strategies that focus on getting you listing leads because listing commissions aren't going to be impacted. Most of the people listening to the show are either a listing agent or a buyer side agent. So if you get out ahead of this now, no matter where in the country you are, and start to focus on building a hyperlocal like real estate website and start having conversations that more focus on being useful to people who currently own properties as opposed to people, which by the way, is not a popular way to generate leads right now. So you're going to be out two two or three years ahead of the market. And then you start to work on ranking your Google local business profile, which John and I have talked about here. That's how I would go uh, and bulletproof my business. And you probably won't take a big hit. And that's making the assumption that you live in a state that will even allow you uh, the Justice Department is going to take up the case, but we won't see it settled probably for another three or four years. And other than that, it's state by state. And there's going to be a lot of states like California. They're going to laugh. Like they're going to laugh this right out of court. They're not going to touch buyer side commissions in real estate. Okay. Only certain states are going to have to worry about that. Uh, I don't know what states they are. Missouri was certainly one of them. John, those are my thoughts. Yeah, I've got something even more to say. Um, it does vary from state to state. I think, obviously, you've got to get a license. I don't think you should, and I know some states are like this, I, I think after you get a license, you shouldn't be able to practice on your own. You need to be a, a part of a brokerage, and uh, that brokerage should assign uh, a senior agent to you and you, for two to three years, need to be officially mentored by that agent. And then after two to three years, you can go off on your own. That's what I, th that's what I think should happen. I think this whole idea that somebody can do a course and then get a bit of support from a broker and then go swanning off their own um, trying to advise people in probably the biggest financial purchase of their life is a joke, basically, Robert. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I think, I think, ladies and gentlemen, this is a, this is a, a touchy subject. I think that John and I tend to be to opt on the side, or I certainly opt on the side of bringing a little realism. I certainly talk to my fair share of real estate agents who work uh, 70, 80, 90 hour weeks. And, you know, some of them make beyond normal income. Some of them make more money than CEOs of major public corporations. Some of the people that I speak to, some of the people I work with, the minute you start saying you make more than three to five million dollars a year, you are in the top 0.025% of income earners in the country. Well, um, the top 1% is 3.5 million Americans. The average, the average, this is, this is net, not gross. The average income of that 1% is $600,000. Individual, not talking about couples, um, 10% of the American population earn over 100,000 individually. Um, 40% of the population can't get $400 together to pay for an emergency. That that is where we are in twenty twenty three, Robert. So that's that's brilliant. Thank you, John, for that. That's that illustrates my point nicely, which is there those top people inside real estate are similar to top lawyers, top doctors, top everything. They just make a like a gobs of money, and and women and and people who built their entire careers. You know, Jade Mills and Joyce Ray here in this, here in, you know, the West Coast, uh, the Jills in uh, Florida and places like that. These people are mostly operating off a book of business that they have names like a black book. They're not using advertising platforms and they're making, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 million dollars a year in commission. And so you have to understand that to some people, when you look at those numbers, it seems egregious because a lot of those people that we're talking about also do double-ended commissions. Because- yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I've been a bit harsh. But on the other side, you are going to have to be available 60, 70 hours to get in that business. You're going to have to have, take field phone calls on your weekends. You're going to have to take calls in the evening. You're going to have to till. It's very stressful. People aren't great buying a, a used car. When it when it's their biggest, it does not bring out the best in people, and you're going to have to deal with all that as an agent. You're you're you know um, it is not an easy profession. Correct. So it isn't an easy profession. The people that have worked this hard to make that kind of money feel like they've earned it, and from the outside, people looking in, they don't feel like you've earned it. That's what all I was trying to say. That's going to be uh, that's going to be a divisive thing where real estate agents have been very public about how much they make for a very long period of time. They've used it in their marketing when they're when they're targeting luxury clients, and I don't know that they've ever really perceived how that looks to your average person in a city where you're driving a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar Bentley, taking your clients to and from properties that are ten million dollars plus. Anyway, making no friends is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um. Because uh, this, it, it, we'll wrap up here. My name has been Robert Newman. I'm the founder of uh, Inbound REM. Traditionally speaking, I talk a lot more about digital marketing and SEO and hyperlocal SEO. And you can find so much information on all those subjects for free 
And to give everybody an understanding of how much information you can find, I do scripts, I do treatments. That's where we write out things. We give you tons of examples. Effectively on the inboundrem.com website, you can get for free what other people like Levi and Kristen Mayshore will charge you anywhere from ten to $45,000 for. So I highly recommend that you go ch- check it out and see what you can learn on your own. And then if you do need a guided experience, uh, go to one of those people providing those programs because they do excellent guided experiences. Um, and I do not. John, how would uh, people find you? Yeah, go to the mail-right.com. We've got integrated CRM, got text, email. We produced, we can we provide you a great WordPress platform website. We can customize it. We offer a lot of value for what, what we are charging. I, I'm really proud of what we have built at MailRight. So if that sounds interesting, go over and have a look and have a chat with me. Either way, for those of you listening to the show, we're inter- we're there's somebody I, I used to follow, and I don't remember who it was, but they always used to uh, say, we're inter- in- entering interesting times. And they, they made it like this, like, 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 you know, cocked eyebrow for those that can't see me. That's true. What we've been predicting for years on this show is happening. We're now in the middle of it. The real estate marketing is definitely softening. I will say the same thing I've said countless times. Hey, this is the time. It's hard. It's going to be hard. Shit's going to get difficult. Excuse my language. We're, but this is the time to talk to guys like John and I. Start getting out ahead and planning. This is not when you want to lean into these big box solutions that work relatively well in a great market. They don't work so well in a market like this. Conserve your dollars. Talk to smart people who are willing to talk to you. Take advantage of the fact that marketing companies have to work harder for your business, including John and I's. Take advantage of that. Get a couple of extra consultations. Get wise people to give you their best tips and tricks. All right, that's my advice. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. John, thank you for, for as usual, managing the subject so well. We have a lot of great links that John came up with that will will highlight all the information that we've talked about, many different places talking about follow-up boss. You can go to the mail right Dot com website or you can go to the youtube.com forward slash mail hyphen right uh and and uh look at the youtube channel and maybe if uh we get our shit together inbound rm we might post it on our channel mm-hmm.